Welcome to Why I Quit, a show that covers real people quitting their nine to five jobs in search of something different. Listen to inspiring conversations where we dive deep into the stories of why people quit their jobs, what were the hardest parts, where are they now, and any advice for people following the same path. I am so excited to introduce Rob Kine as this week's guest on Why I Quit. Listen as he talks about his decision to take a sabbatical and drive across the West Coast with his family in an RV. Learn how this decision helped Rob decide to walk away from his business that he'd been running for over 20 years. Get inspired hearing how Rob has been able to spend more time with his family, live in the moment, and find new ventures he is passionate about. Hey, Rob. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to hear a little bit about your story. Can you tell me a little bit about where you're from and your educational background? Absolutely. I was born in Colorado, but moved to the suburbs of Chicago when I was in first grade and stayed there all the way through the end of high school. And then I decided for college, I wanted to go back out West and I I actually wanted to be a ski bum. My father had told me, Hey, if you become a ski bum, you're on your own. If you go to college, I will help support you. So chose the University of Montana and went back out west and I got a degree in business and information systems. Before I guess I should back up before that. I had I had started a business in high school and had a landscaping company all the way from when I was about 10 years old through the end of high school and I sold that business before I went to college. So that was a blessing in itself. This guy that had a different business approached me and say, "Hey, I'll buy all your customers." And I was leaving anyway. He could have just taken them all, but he was nice enough to pay me for him. So I got a, a good little chunk of money before I went to college. And so tell me a, a little bit about that. Were you always entrepreneurial? And when you sold that business, did you have the, you know, the thought that you would start your own thing again after college or, you know, where was your head at? My father had always told me there's only 24 hours in a day when you work for somebody else, you're limited and you're not in control of your time. So he had really, he never started his own business, but he had really drilled into me from a young age that I should be my own boss. And so that certainly helped, although my mom was really the one that supported me in my first endeavor and helping me buy a riding lawnmower that fit in the back of her Jeep. And I mean, I really am that kid with the American dream that started a lawnmower business when I was 10. But when I went to college, no, I I really thought I was going to go work for a big firm. I, I thought I'd go into one of the big five consulting firms, I thought I needed that for my education. But when I came out in 2001, that was when the internet stocks were all crashing. And so that, that wasn't my story. I wasn't, it was really hard to find those jobs competing against people who had been out of school for two and three years. The, the plan was to do that, but what I had to do was fall back on what I knew and that was landscaping. So I, I moved to Portland, Oregon and started another landscaping business. Because of your previous experience, was that relatively easy for you to, you know, start that business again? And how did that go over, over time? It definitely gave me, I don't want to say the ability, but it gave me the confidence to do it. But you know, when, when people always tell me, oh, you're so brave to do that. I was 22 years old. I was right out of college. I had no debt. I had no family. I had nothing to lose. And I knew if I always fall back, I had my parents, right? I could. I never wanted to move home, but I could. And so when you don't have that fear, 
it's it, it really changes the game. You know, starting a business at my age now is, is a totally different ballgame. So I, I just want to make sure people understand that it, it's different when you're when you're in your 20s and when you're in 40s. There's a lot of different risk levels there. But it did give me the confidence to do it because I met a builder and he said, hey, I'll pay you 10 bucks an hour to clean out my houses. And I said, great, I needed a job. I didn't want to ask my parents for money. And it turned into he realizing I had these skills to landscape and said, hey, do you want to landscape all my houses? And I said, sure. And he had a truck I borrowed. He had a wheelbarrow I borrowed. And I hired my first employee. And it just really took off from there. Do you see that as your long-term play? Or are you also still looking for either jobs or you know other ventures at that same time? No. Once I started, I had this guy interview me. And it was for like an insurance job, I think. And I had scheduled this interview and I got caught in a traffic jam and I called the guy. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be 30 minutes late. I'm so sorry. There's this crazy traffic jam. And he says, Hey, no problem. We'll just reschedule it for here on this day. It's a Monday. You can come back and interview. So I go back two weeks later on that Monday and their office is closed. It's a holiday. And I was like, Wow, I cannot believe. I mean, first of all, thank God I never worked for this person if that's how they treat their people. But he pranked me because I, I couldn't make it for the interview. And and so I kind of realized at that point that I don't want to go work for other people, especially if that's what's out there for, you know, I, I, I liked people that were going to mentor me, which I found in this builder. And so at that point, I really decided, yeah, this is going to be my full-time career. And I really went for it at that point. What were some of the hardest parts of growing and scaling that business when you're getting started? Yeah. So when I started, I hired this guy named Geronimo and Geronimo was amazing. He's a guy from Mexico and he's my first employee. Well, I hired some, some of my buddies out of college, but they can only work part-time. So this is my first real employee and we just hit it off. And this guy was amazing. And he ended up staying with me for 20 years, but at, at the beginning of the business, he could bring in enough people to help grow our business. He had brothers, cousins, uncles, just a network of people that could really help me grow. When we got beyond that, so so I had this mentality of, oh, we could just add another butt in a seat in a truck and we'll keep growing our business. Well, that's really no way, you know, I'm no better than the guy who ditched me for the interview at that point, right? So it took some hard lessons for me to realize the importance of people and how you treat people and how you care for your team. And if you wanna grow, you got to start with some really good core values and really good care for your people. So once I through some really hard lessons, I learned that that really helped the growth and especially in today's labor market. I mean, if, if you need to surround yourself with people, you better be different than what else is out there because people can go find a different job in, in a second right now. So I think that was the hardest part for me, you know, finding money, we needed trucks Ford credit will, give you as many trucks as you need, as long as you have good credit. So it, it wasn't that hard. We found business partners that would help finance us. I ended up taking on a partner in my business and we were able to, to finance it really bootstrap using credit cards. And, and, and there's always ways to find money. So I, I think really focus on the people that you want to surround yourself with, find great mentors that probably have the same values and morals as you, and then allow them to help you to grow. I, people were always willing to help me. You know, was there a specific moment when you felt more secure or you realized that, oh, this, you know, this business can be long-term for me? Yeah. I mean, the other thing about being young and single is you don't need a lot of money to live on. So I went about 10 years on my own. Then 2008 happened and the economy 
you know, craft and especially the housing market. And we were really based on the housing market for success. Not totally. There was still a lot of people with enough money to spend, but my business cut in half. And that's the point when I took on a partner, my partner was really, 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 or is, he still is, he's still really, really strong in the sales side of it. And I'm strong in the organizational side of it and the, and the finance side of it. So we partnered really well and our business really took off after that. Uh, we still had some scary times and I look back at the finances and I don't even know how we made it through what we did. But at that point, I mean, we were getting consistent paychecks and then really we had some breakthrough years in like 2016, 2017, 2018, and the money really started to flow in at that point. And that, that's when I knew that this was going to be our long-term venture. I never thought I would change careers ever. I just, I, I thought that was it. Tell me a little bit about your work-life balance at the time, you know, running your own business, you know, trying to scale it. Yeah, no balance. No, I, my partner and I both were just, hardworking guys. And we started this when we were single and now we have families and I had never adapted to like, okay, now I have a family. So, I mean, I'm leaving at six in the morning cause I want to be there when the crews are starting. I'm getting home at, you know, six at night and my wife's like, Hey honey, you're working 12 hours a day. And I'm like, well, that's just what I've always done. That's what I've always knew. I mean, zero balance. I started to get to the point where I said, all right, I'm not answering my phone over the weekend. And we had hired some really good people at that point. So I started to put some boundaries on, but at least during my week. And my, my biggest problem, though, was being able to come home at the end of the day and turn it off. I could not do it. So I'm, I'm not sleeping. I, I had to quit drinking coffee because I realized that doesn't help me in the middle of the night when you wake up and your mind's going 100 miles an hour. And the balance was, was bad. And mostly most of that was in my, in my own head. Was there a point when you started thinking about how, if that was sustainable or not, and like if there was like a change that needed to happen? For me, there's some, so some personal things started to creep in. So my, in, in the middle of 2019, my dad had a seizure. All of a sudden I'm flying across the country to South, my parents are in South Carolina. I'm outside, of, I'm in Camas, Washington, so outside of Portland, Oregon. My dad has a seizure and he gets airlifted to a hospital and we don't know what's going to happen at this point. And my dad was super healthy, been playing tennis and golf the day before. And so now here we are trying to support my mom through this. My dad's in a, in a coma. And by Christmas that year, he's home, he's better, he's walking. He's, it's, a, it's an amazing recovery, but he still lost part of his memory. So we're figuring out how to support my mom through this. And then my mom gets diagnosed with lung cancer. And so we're like, wow, this is, this is pretty heavy stuff. And then unfortunately I had this mentor when it was like one of the first houses I ever landscaped. This guy was amazing. His name was Kevin. And he actually welcomed me into his house. I lived in his basement for a while when I was starting out and he helped me build my business again, looking for people who can mentor you. He was, he was a huge mentor in my life, really taught me how to, how to run a business. And he passed away from cancer. So now I've got my, my mentor, my mom and my dad, we're figuring out, we need to move my parents either close to my sister or close to me, then COVID hits. So all of these things happen and COVID hits. And I just did not feel like I was in a place to be a leader of a business. You know, you, you've got all these families. We had a hundred employees. I mean, our biggest was 130 employees, but now we're around a hundred. And, and I just felt like, I'm not healthy enough mentally to really show up and lead this business through a really difficult emotional time for everybody. And so that was when I talked to my partner and I said, Hey, I'm not healthy right now. Do you, 
are you okay if I take a sabbatical? He said, yeah, hundred percent go take, take some time off. I knew at that point I would either come back ready to go or I would come back and say, Hey, it's time for me to, to hang it up. But never once until that point had I ever thought about doing something different. Tell me about the sabbatical. How long was that? And then what did you start thinking about during that sabbatical and what did that lead to? Well, it was amazing how quickly I was able to shut it down. So I, at this point, I'd been 10 years in my own business, 10 years with a partner. So we got 20 years going. And my sister had said, hey, you know, Rob, a lot of people change careers in their life and you never have. You've done the same thing since you were right out of college for 20 years. And and so I had started to really think about, well, I don't even know what else I could do. Like, where would my skills transfer? How would I make money? We started talking about, do we want to move and relocate from where we are? There was a huge exodus of people moving out of here to, to go to uh, Idaho and Montana. And that kind of sounded, hey, we could go to a ski town in Montana and do some skiing. My kids are little. But that was the first time all those thoughts really started creeping in. But I'd always had this dream of buying an RV and taking my family around the country in a, in a camper. So my wife and I settled on a, on a camp trailer because she wanted, you know, car seats for the, the kids. So that was the safest way. So we bought this camp trailer. I don't know how we found one because everybody else was doing the same thing. And we took off with no plans. And we made, we did 57 days on the road and we made it up Northern Washington, Idaho, Montana, down through Yellowstone, down to the Grand Canyon, back through Utah and Arches, and then back across Oregon. We had the most amazing time. And honestly, I wasn't really, I was really in the moment at that point and trying to really appreciate what we had because I was really bad at being in the moment before that, always looking for the next thing and where do we go from here and even celebrating victories, just, I've been accused of being an awful celebrator. so. So really focused on being in the moment with my family and kids. And we were just doing so many, so many fun things. Every day was fun. And uh, we started homeschooling the kids from the camper because this is in the fall at this point. So, so we're homeschooling our kids now and we're driving back through the gorge in Oregon, which is kind of a famous area close to our house. And, and my wife turns and says to me that, you know, you really proved family is the most important thing in your life by taking this time away. I paused at that moment because all these years I thought, well, wait a minute, I'm bringing income to the house and I'm paying for, you know, whatever we want to do. And that's how I'm supporting the family. But she didn't, that wasn't important to her. She wanted my time. She wanted me to be present as a dad. And so that was the moment that just secured for me, like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going back to work. So tell me about that transition for you from that moment that you decided you weren't going back. What were the next steps and how did you need to prepare for not going back and handling everything from finances and everything else? Financially, we had saved quite a bit of money and we'd had some windfall years in the business. So financially, I wasn't worried. It was really going back to my partner who again was amazing through the situation and he was really ready to take over the business. So again, I, I'd stepped out for three months and he had, he'd gotten a taste of what it was like to run it by himself. And so when, when I came back and we sat down, it was, it was a mutual, Hey, I don't want to come back. And he's like, well, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to take this thing over. So the timing really worked out. And at that point, 
I'd already been out for three months. I said, well, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come back in and kind of mess up what you have going on. So I'll just step back, which everybody told me I was nuts because they're like, hey, you lose all your bargaining power when you step out of a business. But I knew I'd, I'd been with that partner for 10 years and, and I knew he was going to treat me well on the way out. So I wasn't too worried about that. So we just had to, we just had to negotiate through that. That's the thing about leaving a business that you own, right? Like I, I knew I was going to get money out of that. So again, financially, I wasn't really worried about, I knew I'd have a decent runway to figure out what I was doing next. At this time, are you more focused on the steps to get out of the business? Are you starting to think about like what a new plan is, or are you trying to be like more present and just time with your family as a whole? No, I, I definitely had to figure out how to exit the business successfully. And the crazy thing is when you're in a business that becomes your team, but all of a sudden that team, even, even our corporate lawyer, my CFO, my partner, those were all my, the people I surrounded myself with. Well, all of a sudden they're going to stay with the business. So they have to do the best for the business. And I'm on the outside. I had to go then find a team to represent me personally mm -hmm. outside the business. So financial planner, accountant, all the, all the, the team that I had to put around myself to then exit successfully. And the crazy moment was when I looked at my cell phone and every single favorite on my phone was a business contact. And I had to really look at my life and go, okay, well, wait a minute. What happened to like my personal, you know, other than my wife and like my mom, right? It was like all these business contacts. So I said, well, who's really my friends on here? Who do I want to stay in contact with? What do I want my life to really look like after this? So, so it was, yes, it was exiting the business, but it was also really re-examining my life and what I stood for at that point. And as you exited, what did your day-to-day -day turn into and what did that look like? And then, you know, what were kind of the, you know, the next steps from there? Yeah. So we, we moved my mom and dad out close to me. So that was, that was kind of a big thing. Again, we're homeschooling the kids. So I helped my wife homeschool for the first year and decided that definitely wasn't something I wanted to continue on. So I was like, honey, you gotta, you gotta take this over from here. It is not, this is not a passion of mine and nor am I good at it and started surrounding myself. So for me, the easiest place to dig in was at our church. And my pastor believes in men and women in business in the community. And so he always looks at how do I support men and women in business because they're, they're out with our community, right? So I had met some guys through the church that he puts together like a business luncheon and I started playing golf with, so the pastor and some of these other guys on Mondays, my wife calls them my old retired friends, even though they'll, they'll probably resent if they hear that, but I started playing golf with these guys. So I'm playing golf Mondays. I'm getting back into things that, you know, I can, I can go mountain biking again. I can start playing tennis again, be with my kids every day. And we've since put the kids back in school. So now I can, I can drive my kids to school at eight in the morning and and pick them up at three. And that's been really important for me. I was just kind of reevaluating who I wanted to surround myself with and, and then what I wanted my life to be about at that point. With all of these changes and the things that, you know, you're working on as well, are you at a point where you think you need to find another work or another passion? Or do you think that's something that you're waiting for the opportunity of when that comes up? this guy that I'm playing golf with on these Mondays named Larry and, and Larry said, man, and, and he's about 30 years older than me. And when I sold my business, he had actually said, wow, I, I'm going to look into this too. And he had a, he had a masonry business. And so he, he sold his business to his boys since then, 
But he said, man, if I could go back in my life, he goes, you're 30 years younger than me and start focusing on what he calls kingdom work. So, you know, more, more philanthropic and more, how can we support our community? He goes, I, I would just really do that. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to do that then. Anybody ask me to do something, you know, that's kingdom related, I'm going to do it. So I get a text. I get a text from this girl that I used to lead Young Life with 20 years ago. And she says, hey, my son wants to go to this camp and he's got all his friends signed up and they don't have a leader. Would you be their leader? And I said, well, I, I think that qualifies for for this work that I've co just committed to. So, I, all right, sure, I'll, I'll do that. So I've some of these things have come back into my life that I had kind of not had the time to do. And so I think that's been my first focus. But with that, I have had opportunities. So like this, this guy, Larry and I, we ended up buying a property and we're going to start a food cart pod. There's tons of them in Portland. There's nothing on our side of the river in Washington. And so we want to have a place where families can come gather and it'll have about 20 food carts in the tap room. And so we bought a, we bought a four acre property. We're developing that. I had, I had joined a CEO group about five or six years ago and built some really good relationships there as well. And I decided that uh, in the construction industry, I feel like it's very underserved for mentorship and leadership training. You've got a lot of people who are very, very good at their craft, but may need help building their business. And so I said, man, I want to, I want to spend my time, if I can help people with all the, the stuff that I went through to grow our business, then then I want to do that. So I've I've started a CEO peer group for just for construction related people. And then, yeah, I've been asked to do some consulting as well, just to, to help people grow their businesses. So the, all those things have sort of just fallen into my lap. I guess I didn't, I didn't really pursue, but when opportunities came up, I, I said, yes. And, and, and this is after a year and a half to two years of sitting on the sidelines. So I'm finally ready. I got my parents settled, got the kids back in school. I felt like my life was calm enough again to start introducing these things back in. And how important was it to take that step away to kind of realize like what was more important or, you know, kind of like what you wanted to do next? It was so important for me to take that time, I think, to calm myself. You, you get in a business mode of, I, I guess the best way to say it, I, I went hiking with a guy and he runs a huge commercial construction company and we're trying to go hiking one afternoon and he's like got his laptop open in his truck. He's answering phone calls. He's doing a million things a mile a minute. And I looked at him and I was just like, man, I don't miss that whatsoever. I don't miss juggling so many things in my head. I don't miss the busyness for me to really realize that and figure out how to not it's so easy to get back into that. And people are gonna ask a lot of you and it's okay to say no to things. And, and, and so it was very important for me to realize that. And it was very important for me to figure out how I'm gonna move on in my life without going back to that point. And so one of those decisions for me was I don't want a normal job again. My time is more important. I don't, I don't wanna have to be anywhere at 7 a.m. and work till five every day. I wanna continue to play golf on Mondays. I wanna continue to be able to take random weeks off with my family and go on vacation. I want to continue to be out at three o'clock and pick my kids up from school. Part of that realizing if I ever have another business, I don't know how families with both people that work handle things like that. I'm like, you know, if, if one of them has to drop the kids off at school at eight and the other has to pick them up at three, then that means one of them's going to work at 5 a.m. and getting done. And then the other one might be working late. And, you know, I, I feel so fortunate that my wife and I don't have to do that. But at the same time, I think I would be a lot more open 
you know, if I ever have another business to, to working with families to figure that balance out for them, because I think it's so important. During your experiences and, you know, your process, what's one thing or a piece of advice you wish you knew looking back that would have helped you as you went through this entire process? Yeah, I think when you're in the moment, it can be very intense. It's easy to worry and it's easy to doubt and it's easy to look at yourself and say, did I do, what did I just do? Did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right thing? I mean, I, I still have some regrets of, I, I love the people I work with right at my business and, and I left them all. And, and I do have some, some regrets for that. Ultimately, I think it was the right decision, but I guess my advice would be to surround yourself with people that can encourage you and really have confidence in your decision because there is going to be hard times and it is going to feel really intense. But when I'm, I feel like I'm coming out the other side now, and I don't know what my future has, but I think it's just important to stick with, stick with your gut and stick with your, decisions and have confidence in it because it, it will be rocky, but you'll get through it. To end it, I ask everyone the same question in terms of what are you most excited about over the next three to five years? Yeah, I've this, this developing this property, I've never developed a property from beginning to end. So I think that's really exciting to me. If it works out, maybe that's what I do from here on out. I've also gotten to see some other people's businesses and I've gotten to step into some really large businesses and it's funny to me that small businesses and large businesses still have the same problems just on different scales. So it's been really fun for me to go and see what other businesses do and how they do it and what they're good at and what they're not good at. So I'm excited to see more of that and just, I, I do miss the strategy of it and, and getting involved and making decisions. And so we'll, we'll see where that, where that takes me, but it, it's, for me, it's just going to be fun to see one of these things really pans out and, and what my knack, I'm in my forties now, so I have time for one more career probably. So I just don't know what that is yet. Thank you for listening. It really means a lot to us. We want to hear from you as we keep growing. Please reach out on whyquit.co if you have any feedback or potential guests. A special thanks to Chris Dole for the music. Please check out his newest album, Here's to You on Spotify. Thank you. And we will be back next week with another episode.